everyone and welcome to Chill Pill. My name is Emma Ives and I am the creator slash host of this fabulous podcast. I created this podcast since I love all things medicine. I love reading about it. I love talking about it. And my roommates were getting kind of sick and tired of hearing about it. I'm not a medical professional, so I'll never give any advice on the medical stuff. Please seek out your primary care physician for advice. I will link all my sources in the description as well as mention them throughout the podcast. very excited to have my first guest in such a long time. Hannah Summers is the legislative lead for the North Carolina chapter of T1 International. T1 International is a nonprofit whose mission is to support local communities by giving them the tools they need to stand up for their rights so they have access to insulin and diabetes supplies becomes a reality for all. Globally, 50% of those who need insulin do not have reliable access. Today, Hannah and I will talk a little bit about the insulin crisis in the U.S. and how it impacts those with diabetes. So I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in January of 2019, and that was a really big change, especially during college and being on my own for the most part. As I got more comfortable with my condition, I realized how much it affects others and not just myself and got involved with T1 International, which is an international nonprofit dedicated to lowering the list cost of insulin, which currently ranges between $250 and $500 for a 30-day supply without insurance. Working as a pharmacy technician, I have had several patients come in and I've had to turn them away because they haven't been able to pay that really high cost. I got involved with T1 International as their legislative lead, and our chapter in North Carolina is currently working towards creating legislation that can hopefully give people more accessible avenues for insulin. So do you want to give a little bit of background information for our listeners who might not know about the insulin crisis? In 1921, insulin was discovered by Banting and Best. It was in response to a young child who was dying. Prior to 1921, Type 1 diabetes was considered a death sentence because there was no way to treat hyperglycemia or high blood sugar. So when this drug was discovered, a lot of lives were saved and Banting and Best recognized this and wanted to make that accessible for everyone who needed it. So they sold their patent for $1 originally. Fast forward 100 years, the patents now belong to three major manufacturers, Novo Nordisk, Sanofi, and Eli Lilly. Their retail costs is comparable between the three. People know that there is type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes, and very stereotypically they associate type 1 diabetes with kids and type 2 diabetes with older adults. But as we learned recently in class, yes we did, that's not the case. They can affect both sets of populations. So type 1 diabetes is your body can't make insulin. Correct. And type 2 diabetes is your body is resistant to insulin. Typically, type 1 diabetes has been associated with like a hereditary condition, but we also learned that type 2 diabetes is actually more hereditary than type 1 diabetes. Yes, it's very interesting. There's a lot of stigma. I feel like type 1 is something that you're born with and type 2 is something that is almost a punishment for a poor lifestyle choice. Any sort of environmental trigger can also start the effects of not being able to produce insulin as well. But then there are also different subtypes. 
There are. Do you wanna do you wanna give us a lowdown on a couple of them? There are a few. There, it's just a big range between everything. So as we learned in class, type one and type two can be developed at any point in life. As I mentioned before, I was diagnosed in 2019, so I was 18 years old. Um, I have had patients that were diagnosed with type one at age 62 or like 45, whereas I've seen type two patients who are 15. Um, there's a couple other lesser-known diabetics. Modi is maturity-onset diabetes of the young, and it often is misdiagnosed as type 2 because it comes later in life. However, it's less of a resistance, and it's kind of an in-between between not being able to produce enough and having resistance. There's also gestational diabetes, which d develops in pregnant women as a result of the fetus taking on more of the glucose and the mother not being able to use an appropriate amount of insulin for herself. Answering the question why insulin is so expensive is a very multifaceted question. And there are so many parts, too many parts for us to even accurately cover, or pro I mean appropriately cover. So as I mentioned earlier, there are three manufacturers that produce over 90% of the world's insulin, Eli Lilly, Sanofi, and Novo Nordisk. And because there is no generic product on the market, these three manufacturers are able to control these drug prices, especially as they are able to continue to renew patents. I can explain a little bit more about the patent system in the United States. It is very extensive, is the first thing I'm going to say. The FDA has a huge document that explains the patent system in terms of drugs. But there are two things that you should know about patent systems. First of all, there are patents and ex exclusivity rights. Patents are the property right granted by the United States Patent and Trademark Office anytime during the development of the drug and can encompass a wide range of claims. Exclusivity rights refer to certain delays or prohibitions on approval of competitor drugs available under the statute that attach upon approval of a drug or certain supplements. Periods of exclusivity and patent terms may or may not run concurrently. Exclusivity was designed to promote a balance between new drug innovation and greater public access to drugs that result from generic drug competition. A new drug application or NDA or an abbreviated new drug application ANDA holder is eligible for exclusivity if statutory requirements are met. The years that exclusivity applies to is dependent on what kind of classification of exclusivity it is. So for example, orphan drug exclusivity is a seven years. New chemical entity exclusivity or NCE is five years of exclusivity and so on. Currently, the term of a new patent in the United States is 20 years from the date on which application of the patent was filed. Much of that 20 year time is spent in product development and regulatory review, leaving about a patent life of seven to 10 years once the drug is approved and ready for the market. I know that is a lot of legal jargon, as Elle Woods would say. Yeah. That is. that is essentially how drug patents work in the United States. So I know you said there were no generics on the market, but what is Walmart insulin? Walmart insulin is actually a pretty hot topic in terms of the insulin affordability crisis. I hear a lot of people say that you can just go to Walmart and buy insulin for $25, so why is this such an issue? The reason that it is is because Walmart insulin is actually a different product. The two main insulins that are sold as a prescription are Humalog and Novolog. 
They are the two main fast-acting insulins that can be delivered either via an insulin pump or a syringe or a needle. However, this so-called Walmart insulin is Novolin or Humulin. Novolin and Humulin were used to treat diabetes previously before these newer insulins that are more effective were developed. They affect the body differently. They tend to have your blood sugar run high. They can affect your levels and bring them too low if you try to overcorrect. In general, you tend to build up more of a resistance to them. That being said, using a cheaper alternative that doesn't actually match with the prescription that you have been given by a physician can cause serious health effects. So that was a really good segue into what we're going to talk about next, which is why we should be so concerned about insulin being expensive. Not having insulin can cause serious complications even 24 to 48 hours beyond the moment that you don't have access to it. In short term, you develop hyperglycemia, which is your blood sugar raising as a result of your body not being able to metabolize glucose properly. Hyperglycemia has a lot of uncomfortable symptoms such as headache, frequent urination and thirst, and fatigue. However, as it becomes more severe and your blood sugar levels raise even more, hyperglycemia has really serious effects, such as sending you into diabetic ketoacidosis. Diabetic ketoacidosis, or DKA, is a condition where ketones build up in the blood. Ketones are a secondary energy that's produced when glucose is not readily available in the liver. Having too acidic blood can send you into a coma or even kill you. Looking at long-term conditions as a result of rationing insulin can cause many complications, including diabetic neuropathy, which is blindness due to a lack of glucose accessible in the blood vessels behind the eyes, nerve damage in the peripheral areas. You might have heard about diabetics needing a foot amputation or a leg amputation. This is a result of glucose not being accessible in the feet or the hands. It can also result in development of cardiovascular disease and heart failure. I don't know how many of you guys out there have um, seen news articles or seen videos on Facebook of people leaving the United States to buy insulin, but that is occurring. However, I have to inform all of you that in most circumstances, it is illegal, according to the FDA, for individuals to import drugs or devices into the U.S. for personal use because these products purchased from other countries often have not been approved by the FDA for use and sale in the United States. People are leaving the country to buy insulin because there has been an uptick in young people dying from diabetes-related causes. Hannah, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the Alex Smith Law? The Alex Smith Law has actually been a huge inspiration in our state chapter's work in terms of pushing legislation in North Carolina. For a little bit of background, Alex Smith is a young man from Minnesota who has type 1 diabetes and passed away in 2017 due to insulin rationing. The mother of Alex Smith proposed legislation that would allow diabetics to go to a pharmacy and with a valid prescription could get a 30-day supply of insulin for free. This is definitely a game changer because anyone who needs insulin in a pinch or in an emergency can get that supply as the pharmacist, the physician, or the, any other healthcare provider can help connect the patient with any sort of financial assistance program to help them be able to afford their insulin. The North Carolina chapter is currently working to get in a similar law for our state. Currently, several states have adopted a copay cap law which provides insured patients to only spend a maximum amount of money on insulin per month. 
However, this doesn't really support uninsured individuals and as communities of color and underserved areas are those most drastically affected by lack of access to insulin or even a pharmacy, this emergency supply bill provides an avenue for people to get a full month's supply while making long-term plans in order to get a regular supply. enjoy asking people this question but what does a world with equal access to insulin look like to you let me tell you emma my dream world in so many words (laughs) (laughs) access to insulin to me looks like the ability for diabetics to be empowered to take care of their health not only physical but mental as well having a lifelong condition is already stressful enough to manage the literal highs and lows for the rest of your life And having access to insulin takes away one stress factor. Access to insulin would greatly improve medication adherence among the diabetic population. Affordable access to insulin would greatly improve medication adherence once that financial burden is taken away. On top of that, the coupling of insulin treatment as well as a proper diet is the best way to keep your condition under control. And on insulin, you can have a diet that feels best for your body and what makes you feel the most healthy. I am not a medical professional, so please consult your primary care physician for advice if you are intrigued by anything you heard today. I do all my own research, and my sources are linked in the description. So please, give all those scientists your love. Intro music was done by Cooper Wood and the artwork was done by me. You can now follow me on Twitter at CP underscore with Emma Ives and Instagram at chillpill underscore with Emma Ives. Thanks for listening to Chillpill. Should we follow you on social media? Should you? <laughs> uh, okay, or should you follow should we follow T1 International on social media? Absolutely. You can follow T1 International at T1 International on Facebook or Instagram. Our North Carolina chapter is NC Insulin for All on Facebook and Instagram.